This week's episode of Murder Moose is brought to you by Rainy Days for Ghosts by Jerry Smith. The link to the EP can be found in this week's episode notes. Thanks for listening. everybody welcome to the latest murder moose i'm rod and we have jerry what's up man what is going on what's up buddy we are part of the slashing cast podcast network man i can't even say say slashing cast podcast now without putting my my uh my tongue in like tripping on it but here we are it's okay it's a regular thing where a guy who podcasts a whole shit ton manages to stumble on his own words as much as i do so (laughs) I was on a show last week, and it was like a show I really love, so I'm not going to say the name of it, but like the whole time, the poor host had to re-record so many things because it was just an off day with talking for him. Yeah. And dude, like I've been there so many times. Oh, yeah. Dude, I've I've had, I've been on shows where I had, I was on a show and we recorded and talked about, uh, we talked about Texas Chainsaw 2, and it was so much fun to talk about, and the guy was recording on Skype and his the Skype just fucking destroyed his audio. Just like like he was a robot for most of the episode. And me and the other guy were just like, uh what? and couldn't hear him. So we were just like, hopefully the, the audio is like, you know, manageable on his end. Nope, it was not. It was a shit show and everything we heard was recorded and it was a disaster. So yeah, it's uh it's yeah, I, I it's one of those things where, like, I've had enough times where I've been like, uh, and just like, you know, I brain farts in the Dude, middle of the recording. And, there like, was one really big interview I did. I can't remember what it was from, but it was like an A list person. And I wanted to sound so smart <laughs> that I was so, like, like full of ang- so full of anxiety that it made yeah. me like slur my words even more and yeah. I, I was obviously like high too because i needed to be yeah. for that interview yeah and i meant to say like there's such a stigma about something that i messed up and i i said that there was a stigmatism <laughs> <laughs> i love it oh that just reminds me and I, I don't know if i've ever talked about this on here before so years and years ago it was probably like 10 years ago uh one of my favorite comedians of all time jim norton was touring and my wife and i i think yeah it had to been when i was still living in colorado springs which was like i left there in 2010 we drove up to denver to see uh jim norton perform and he was like doing a meet and greet afterwards and my wife to this day because i i 
just was like, like I was like so excited to see this guy and talk to him that like he had like had such an inspiration on me for like you know being funny and stuff like that. And I just my wife still mocks me to this day. Hey, remember when you made fun of you tried to talk to Jim Norton and you sounded like an idiot and you couldn't talk? And I'm like, yeah, I remember. Jim Norton's great though. I love him, man. He, I, I for years listened to uh, Opie and Anthony with him, mm-hmm. and uh, still, I still like when I get stuff of his. I can see like it's uh, uh that like w- he does that show with with uh, Sam now, um, who does all the wrestling talk and stuff. But like he, uh, that man is genius. And we went and saw him a couple years ago again at uh, at uh, up here at Comedy Works, and I was like. This dude's awesome still. Like he's he's just never not been funny. It's uh his humor's not for everyone though, because it's super dark. Mm-hmm. And uh not everyone can enjoy super dark humor, right? It's like it's not for all. So Yeah. My problem <laughs> is all the comedians that I either get into or that I have been into usually die. Yeah. It's like Mitch Hedberg, yeah. gone. Yeah. Bill Hicks, gone. Robin Williams, yeah. gone. Yeah, it's the it's the thing. They're all dark, man, and it's like a lot of them. I mean, Robin Williams talked about it. Like, it's that like the people who are the saddest are often like trying to make others, you yeah. know, laugh instead. And that's like that Robin Williams. You hear everything about him. He's like renowned for just being like the most genuine dude in the yeah. world. And and what happened with him? And it's just like, yeah, because he was just trying to avoid and avoid the sadness in himself and so he tries to avoid the sadness in himself by spreading happiness for others you know so what's funny is that like we're having like a semi-serious conversation right now about comedians with depression and i'm trying to like pay attention but then i see like your animals having like a full-on streets of rage street fight behind you yeah they're they're yeah my uh my bulldogs are my little frenchies are like beating the crap out of each other so cool the kitchen they uh they have lots of fun man they're uh they're a little they're not in the kitchen. They're in my living room. I don't know what room I'm in because I'm looking the opposite direction mm-hmm. than I am. Like, but yeah, they're having a good time. They're a little troublemakers. No, it's uh, it's it's funny how. I mean, it's not funny, but it's like one of those things where it's just human, the human condition, right? Mm-hmm. The human condition of what, what it means to to be a person. Like it's. It, being a person never is simple. It's always like you're, there's always a million things, and you can never know what what was going on with a person, and you know. All well, that that, stuff, that so. and like I've I've found just like from my own personal background that usually when I'm online, especially like on Twitter and stuff, and I'm trying to be yeah. as helpful as possible to other people, that's mm-hmm. usually when I'm cycling and struggling the worst myself. Yeah. And so like, yeah. I'll have all people be like, man, you're always trying to help people. And it's just like, no, just cause like I'm miserable. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, yeah. It, it's, it's almost like a serotonin thing or, or something yeah. where like, I, I think positivity kind of helps a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's that, and it help. Well, it, it keeps your mind off of it, right? Because that's one of those things that if you're ever if you're ever struggling mentally, getting trapped in your own fucking loops inside your own head is the worst place mm-hmm. you can be, right? It's like that thing where I know I've anxiety. Depression is not something I fought myself really, but like anxiety, anxiety, which. I mean, anxiety is like next door neighbors to depression, right? Because anxiety leads to depression and whatnot a lot of the times, right? But it's the like i'll wake up in the middle of the night and my brain is going like 
vroom, 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 vroom about everything. Mm-hmm. You go, oh, shit. And that's the kind of thing, right? And so it's like anything to keep you from just being stuck inside that own, like it's your own, we're going to do malignant, so your own mind prison, right? <laughs> you're like, you're, you're keeping out of that and you're keeping free and you're keeping in a place where you're like, okay, yeah, this is like, at least I don't have to sit there and just only think about this one thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's funny because like all the years, like you learn things and you like grow and like I going to the small amounts of counseling I've gotten to go to is you learn things that help you fight that stuff. Right. And mm-hmm. help you, uh, try to get better. And that's like, all you could do is try. So, yeah. Okay. Jerry, I have to talk about this. You, you had a traumatic event the other day and I'm, I'm still kind of upset about you. Oh for God. You. Uh, uh, and, um, I, I, someday I'm going to have a beer with you as we may do next Friday. And uh, get the name of the person who hurt you and <laughs> go after their kneecaps. But uh, you, you had your you 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 were sitting in a room with Jamie Lee Curtis and John Carpenter and Jason Blum, and some douchebag ruined the experience for you. Yeah, dude, that day. Like I I know a lot of people won't understand it. Like my obsession and lifelong adoration of Jamie Lee Curtis. But, yeah. you know, like as a kid, and I tend to bring this up a lot, not in detail, but just, you know, surface level. As a kid, I went through yeah. very uh, abusive situations. And yep. Halloween was like the first series. And Laurie Strode specifically was the one character that just made me as a kid feel like, hey, this impossible thing to defeat can be defeated. You just yeah. got, you just got to hang in there. You got to endure. So my entire mm-hmm. life has been just wanting the opportunity, not even to go into detail and make it about myself, but just the opportunity to talk to Jamie Lee Curtis about how I think powerful a lot of these movies can be. Yeah. You know, especially the one-two punch of 2018's Halloween and Halloween Kills. For me, yeah, dude, those two movies back-to-back, they have so much to say about trauma, about... How trauma does not give a single fuck about you, even though you think it's all yeah. about you. You think it's coming for you, but it doesn't care about you whatsoever. You're just another fucking person. So trauma is a force of nature. Is yes, a hundred percent. So yeah. getting the opportunity to interview Jamie Lee Curtis, and you know, like I, I had, I've interviewed Carpenter a few times, and he's god to me. But like, it's just like every time I interview Carpenter, I usually freeze up. So I just, you know, it, it was whatever. But yeah. Jamie Lee. So the day of, I get an email saying, oh, it's going to be roundtable interviews, which are already a bad sign because they're the worst. The worst. Yeah. So basically, you'll get a few questions and it'll go like, you ask one, next person will ask one, next person will ask one. So I get in there and this fucking dude, <laughs> <laughs> he was the third person asking a question. So I went from being like, paralyzed in fear before like even telling my wife i can't do this five minutes before and she's like yeah you can and you're going to fucking basically buck up uh which seems like she's always that person for me like telling me like dude can you fucking chill and just get shit done but uh that's 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 a side note but that's like something a good partner does oh 100 percent 
it's like that thing where they they are there. I mean, if if you're gonna live and be with someone for a long time, if you can't do that for each other, why the fuck are you even together? Exactly. Right? Like that, no, dude. Yeah. It's, I think it's a hundred percent a great thing. Yeah. Uh, but so finally, I was like, you know what? Fuck yeah, I'm gonna do this. There's no way I'm not gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. And I, I had myself psyched out. Okay, this is what I'm gonna ask. This is what I'm gonna ask. This is what I'm gonna ask. But even if I only get the chance to ask a single question, I know exactly what I'm going to ask. And it was a question that made my voice shake just saying it out loud. This was going to be my moment. And I – here's the deal. Not even just the childhood surviving thing that made me latch on to Jamie Lee Curtis. A few – see, I had – and I don't talk about this very often – just because it's such a horrible part of my life. But I struggled yeah. with a very bad painkillers addiction for years. Like yeah. I'm talking about on a good day, maybe eight Vicodin, a couple Norco, some Flexerol, some Klonopin, all in a cocktail just to see, hey, can I fucking off myself today without, without you know, someone can say, hey, it yeah. was an accident at least. So I, yeah. I struggled with that for years and I finally kicked yeah. it. When I met my wife and that was a hundred percent why a hundred percent that like, I was like, Hey, I'm with someone, I'm dating someone that I fucking like. And I like these feelings I'm feeling. I don't want to feel something else in this. So I went cold. You don't want to be numb. Exactly. So I went cold Turkey immediately and fucking beat that. Which, which by the way is fucking bonkers. And that just shows God. Yes how stubborn and like strong-willed you are because it's a b- little bit of both right because there's a stubborn like fuck this i'm not but like in strong and but it's a strength thing because man i've never taken any painkillers in this world besides like percocets for after getting my wisdom teeth out but they've always scared me man yeah that shit is fucking terrifying oh so. it's hard yeah. yeah dude i was yeah. like shaking for days but uh yeah. but a few years ago Right around the time Halloween 2018 came out, like I was just struggling emotionally with a lot of stuff in in my personal life, Mm. a lot of stuff that I just didn't get help for at the time and I should have. And I was just struggling and I kind of felt alone in the sense like when you're depressed and I've I've lived with like a very, very serious depression my entire life Uh, and like really bad suicidal ideation, which is never fun. Uh, So a few years ago, something happened. And it just knocked me for a loop. Uh, I didn't get help for it. And, you know, when you're depressed, you can have a room full of people that love you, but you'll still feel completely alone because it's a lie. It's just a chemical lie that your brain's telling you. Yeah. Uh, yep. So I, I was feeling really alone. And then out of nowhere, I was just cruising YouTube because uh, that seems to be the rabbit hole of everything I do every day. <laughs> And there was yeah, a new I know that one. <laughs> right? And there was a new <laughs> interview with Jamie Lee Curtis on there. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And the whole interview was her calling herself an addict because for a good decade, she was really badly addicted to painkillers. Yeah. And like hardcore while being A-list, you know? Like yeah. and yeah. like that just spoke to me like, wow, that's another thing from my life that this person who seriously kept me alive when I was seven and eight. You know, yeah. and so there's this photo that Entertainment Weekly put out, and it's Jamie Lee Curtis, how she really looks, holding and kissing the head of Laurie Strode. Uh huh. And it's my favorite photo of all time. My wife yeah. went to f- at least 14 different stores looking for that issue just to get that one photo to frame for me. So I have it at my desk. Yeah. So basically, long story short, 
I, I had this one question that if I was only going to ask one, this would be the question. And it fucked me up to even ask the question. But I was like, yes. So yeah. two people get their shit out of the way. And this fucking dude wearing these, uh, this awful <laughs> Christmas sweater. He asked five or six questions in a row. And they were long fucking questions. And the moderator just fucking sat there with pretzels in his That's- mouth. That's what, and that's what the I asked you after you, you told me that you didn't even get to ask a question, and I go, "Wasn't there a moderator?" Because none of that stuff is like, no, dude. There was, dude, a, I, yeah, I would, I, I yeah, fucking man. dude. And then they were like, "Yeah, we have time for one more question," and so and so, ask your question. And I, I just looked at my wife like, "What the fuck?" My voice started shaking. I immediately, yeah, dude. dude. I was supposed to interview the entire cast and crew of that movie after that fucking yeah. happened i got up and left yeah like i was just it was seriously the biggest professional not even professional because fuck that but biggest personal yeah. moment of my entire career yeah <laughs> and what sucks Dude. what sucks is like that night we were supposed to take our daughters to their first concert because they're really into uh-huh. prince they're really into princess nokia and i got them tickets so my wife and i took uh-huh. them to the concert and i was such a fucking buzzkill that whole ride yeah Dude, you got your, you got, you had this moment and you had it taken away by a selfish prick. And it's, it, this is, okay, my, I get flustered about things all the time. I have a temper and it's a lot to do with the ADHD and, the, you know, ups and downs of emotion, mm-hmm. right? And th- so the thing that makes me, offsets me though and like sends me over a rage edge more than anything is fucking motherfuckers who act like they're more important yep. than everyone else. And so one of my favorite stories of all time. So there's a the by right by the Alamo Draft House by my house, which still isn't fucking open. I'm losing my fucking mind talking about that. But um, and uh, they uh, there was this little cupcake store. And so my wife were go my wife and I go in there stay. I think we were, it was after a movie, and there was this couple in front of us. This bitch pulls up in her like Lexus SUV, parks on the fire lane in front of the store. It's like you know an outdoor you know shopping center, right? Mm-hmm. Walks into the store, cuts in front of them the people in front of us, and starts ordering. And I'm like, uh, there's a line, and she's like, I was in here before. I'm like, you fucking cunt. <laughs> called anyone a cunt in like real life and done that's a word i drop as a joke like when it's funny like i was playing phasmophobia with some friends on uh, my stream this morning and i'm like calling ghost cunt because it's funny because it's but i called this lady a cunt for real because i'm <laughs> it was such an entitled bitch thing and so it's like shit like that like when you're telling me the story i'm like you gotta be fucking kidding me! That, the what motherfucker, a- the motherfucker <laughs> argued with Jamie Lee. Like he asked, he asked the stupid fucking wonky. See now I'm getting pissed. <laughs> yeah, I never get this pissed. He asked, he asked <laughs> these stupid fucking wonky questions, and it was just like, uh, he he was like, okay, so after dealing with Michael Myers for decades, does he have a sense of humor? And I was thinking the whole time, what motherfucker? What? And she's like, no. And he goes, well, the way he displays his victims, how can you say that? And I was thinking, what the fuck? That's what I, I got robbed from. That motherfucker in the yeah. sweater. Oh, uh, what? Okay. Also, why is he wearing a Christmas sweater to a fucking interview about Halloween kids? Uh, I don't. It's October. 
Dude, I oh had I, I I forgot the guy's name already. But if anyone else was in that Halloween Kills junket, yeah. please yeah. let me know because I'm gonna fucking send that guy some Anthrax. Not really, but dude, uh, like a couple Anthrax dude, albums. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dude, it's it's just uh, man, and that's the problem is that is how much of what is wrong with our society right now is self entitlement mm-hmm. that that person thought he was more important than everyone else in that room and that his questions were more important and more meaningful to to everyone in the world and so he was going to be the important person and he was going to ask the things and the 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 dude who the moderator probably either a had, had dealt with this piece of shit before or b was was like fuck it i'm not getting involved and you're like Man, see, I'm just, I'm it, such a passive person, which is weird oh, yeah. because based on how I look, even <laughs> look, dude, especially in the last year, I was just laughing with my wife about this yesterday. I've had so many yeah. people think I'm gonna beat them up in the last few months, yeah. and it's like, dude, I, yeah. I get that maybe I look a little rough around the edges, but dude, I was a straight A student my entire academic career. Yeah. Like, I only got yeah. in trouble for at school for like distributing Stephen King novels to the other fourth graders. Yeah. I'm not a fighter. Yeah. Well, dude, it's it's that weird thing because you and I both are covered in tattoos that people think that because we're covered in tattoos that they're uh, that we're like scary or something like that. And it's like, dude, I told you this. Like, I this fucking piece of shit that my uh, my wife used to be friends with. Uh, there was she works with a guy who's like was sexually harassing her, and he, this guy that she used to work with, who my wife had considered a friend at one point, was like trying to be cool with this guy and said said something really fucking disgusting about my wife. And I sent him a text message where I'm like, "You ever say anything like that about my wife again? And I'm gonna f- you're you're not gonna like the results, you stupid little shit, or something like that." And sent it to him because my wife and I have the same app. Apple account and uh he uh he responded to my wife like i'm sorry i did that uh, ha- have a good life and was just like the worst apology ever but i was like i was laughing because i'm like this motherfucker was actually afraid of me and i've never been in a real fight or ever hurt anyone or any of this shit i'm like it's uh it's kind of amusing going well like what do you think? I, I'm not. I'm not a fighter. I, I I don't hurt people. I don't do any of this stuff, man. There so was a situation uh, when I wrote for Dread Central. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that when I tell the story. But there was a situation <laughs> when I wrote for Dread Central where one of their writers was really just like misogynistic on a post, and yeah. and so much of Twitter was coming at Dread Central over it. And to be honest, yeah. I kind of had gotten tired of sticking up for them when they do really st- when they let people do really stupid things. And so yeah. during the call, the writers call, everyone was just like cuz there was a weekly writers call, everyone was just like, yeah. "Whoa, I don't know what to do. You know, should we let him go? Should we do this?" And then one of the former editors there was just like, "Yeah, but he's so good with SEO and all this shit." And that angered me. And I go, if that dude or anyone had said what he said about the actress in that post about my yeah. daughter, I would knock him the fuck out. Yeah. And I guess yeah. just me saying that made that editor think that I'm going to beat him up to this day. So I've had two different people saying, hey, so-and-so really <laughs> thinks you're going to beat him up. And it's just like, <laughs> what? Like, it's, it's – man – that's why it's like it's always like the people who talk like that and say shit like that and do those things are doing it for attention and 99% of them are are just scared human beings, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just scared human beings who uh who have just like 
are crying out for attention and that's how they cry out for attention. So, oh man. Okay. I wanted to talk about one more thing before we dive into talking about Hush. I, uh, I said, I watched this this morning and I'm amazed you haven't watched this yet. Um, I watched VHS, uh, 94 this morning, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I, I approve of a lot compared to what was the third VHS called? Uh, was it, uh, VH, it wasn't VHS viral. Yeah. Was real bad. Like, real real bad um there was one segment and, in that one that i loved but the rest of it i yeah. it was uh benson and moorhead's uh kind of skaters versus the the mexican cult thing yeah. i liked that one in vhs yeah. viral but the yeah. rest the rest man was bad that one was cool I, that was like yeah that was the best one in there uh but i did watch it this morning it's on shutter now um and i uh it was cool like the one thing that i because it obviously is called VHS. It's all set up, even though, though it's a widescreen, most of the movie, like with that, like the old VHS, like line static lines across it. And it's worse or best like or better, depending on where you are in the movie. It, it makes it like the movie is a little dark at times, but the stories were generally pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I liked a lot of it. It was a little, there were weird nods to that reminded me of things like, uh, uh, the howling, uh, and stuff like that, and uh, other dude. There's a section in that that like that straight up. I'm watching. And I'm like, this is fucking Tokyo Gore Police. Wow, uh, <laughs> it's like that kind of weird. Uh, like there was the guy who did the um the uh the cult one from VHS Safe Haven, two. dude. I love that. That's my favorite VHS one. Yeah, Safe Haven from yeah, two. Yeah, the. The Indonesian guy, yeah. I think his, I think it's the same guy because this one was all Indonesian. Like Timo, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's doing the, uh, he's doing the Train to Busan remake next. (sighs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Stop remaking stuff. Stop. Stop. I don't. I didn't need to see. I did not need to see Thanos fucking Scarlet Witch. I didn't need to see it, and I won't ever watch that movie. Don't ever. Nope. 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 No. Never gonna watch it. But no, I was gonna just say I, I had a really good time with it. It's like an hour forty minutes. Uh, it was the the one the thing with with these that are always like debatable. I wasn't all that into the 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 overarching storyline, like the wraparound um, stuff. Yeah, that was okay. But dude, after. Uh, <sighs> I feel like those are so hit and miss with all those, but like, mm-hmm. man, the one that that uh, Shutter put out last year, the uh, or this year, the 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 one about the in the like funeral home. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I liked that uh, one. Scare package is good that, too. Yeah, but that the the funeral home one has such a good story, like r- like wrap around that like brings the whole thing together. It's. <sighs> I don't know. I, that the, the, This one was like, it's okay, uh, I would say, and probably the weakest part of the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. So, like, definitely check that out. Uh, it is – it's – mm-hmm. what are you going to say? No, I was going to say what's funny is uh, I've had a screener for VHS 94 for, I think, a month or two. I just haven't got around to watching it. Yeah. I didn't even realize it was on Shutter. But what's funny is a lot of the studios will send me, like, screeners, like, links to watch them, like – before yeah. they're out so back when vhs2 came out i was just like yes i got a link to watch it a few months early and i didn't realize that my internet was being shoddy 
So it kept like, buffering in this one segment, and I thought it was part uh. of the movie. So I sit, I seriously <laughs> sat there for forty five minutes, going, "This is such a fucking wink squeak segment." <laughs> and tell my friends, I tell my friend, I was like, "Dude, I, I think your shit's just buffering." <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny! That's so funny, dude. I've been getting weird like intros, like. Including I got I got I've been getting more just from this podcast, like onto the the podcast email and stuff. And like and there's so many of them. And I'm like, most of them just look like, you know, more like B movie horrors that are just trying to get out to people. Um, And it's just been more of like not having time to watch all these things. Mm -hmm. So uh, so I haven't. But yeah, uh, it like VHS 94 is again, it's another dude. I have not like. There's not been one thing that Shutter's been put out that hasn't been entertaining. Yeah. Like, at least. And I say that all the time, but, like, even the stuff that they put out, like, or distribute here from other countries that, like, I'm not, like, oh, me and Josh months ago did Skull. Uh, yeah, I didn't uh, watch the, that the, one. The, I know what you're talking about. The, it, it's it's not great. It's fun, but it's not great because it's, it's very, like, it very much feels like uh, people who don't know how to make a movie wanted to make a movie kind of thing and it's it, it's fun and it's it's got some cool kills but it's a little messy right the so. only one that was on there that i watched and i was just like this is not for me but i had to watch it because i was getting paid to review it was the pool i didn't watch that one. Was, oh, the, that's the one that like the the guy stuck in the bottom of a big like olympic pool with a tiger yeah right? and uh, it's like i think it's like a gator or like a crocodile or something like oh, that. Yeah. But what kept pulling me out and dude, I am so into like low budget films. Like I don't give a shit if it yeah. looks fake as long as you're having fun with it. You know, you have me, but yeah. the fucking animal or the gator or whatever the fuck it was looked yeah. like it was like a gif. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it was dude, so bad. It was like birdemic quality. Yeah. I watched the trailer and I was like, eh. speaking of bad CGI real quick before we talk about hush one last thing. That the new Resident Evil trailer dropped. Did you watch this? I haven't watched that yet, only because I'm so scared to watch it because I love the game Dude, so much. I do too. The CG in in the trailer, it 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 might be worse than Sharknado. Like, oh I, my god, I can't describe. Like everything else, kind of has that like cheaper look to it because like. You know, I don't know if you like people were mad that Leon's a like a Hispanic dude, which is stupid as fuck. But like whatever, I meant it's stupid as fuck that they're mad about it. Um, but man, they have the dogs in that trailer, and then they show a liquor at some point, and I'm like, you guys, you guys put this in this, you guys put this in this trailer, kind of, and I'm like, huh. and this is a month out. This comes out in November. Oh lord. Like, they can't do I'm the like, Sonic oh, the Hedgehog thing and fix it. No, oh, no. Do you remember when Cats came they, out I, and it wasn't even <laughs> it wasn't even done? <laughs> yeah, Cats, my favorite man, my favorite uh, one of my uh, favorite streamers and friends in the world. Uh, her name's Katie Peters. Uh, she she raised a shit ton of mo- money for uh, Saint Jude this year on her stream, and one of her stretch goals was to watch Cats and and do a like uh, like record herself reaction to it and. Just like watching, so it's like watching someone watch like the Red Wedding from Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. You're just watching it. And you're like, dude, the like the horror on her face. Dude, my and wife like, and I got high as fuck <laughs> and went to see Cats opening night. 
Yeah. Dude, I recommend that more than anything <laughs> in this world I, because I didn't even know if what I was watching was actually on screen because <laughs> I was like, this is so bonkers, man. This is good weed. What is in my weed? Because I want it all Dude, again. That, and that, I that must have been catnip, man, because that <laughs> shit was wild. Dude, I feel like uh, people that like – uh, see, I've never watched Cats, and uh, it is a lot to do with why I, I just kind of sit out there and w- on the outside and just watch people just, like, destroy it. But that was one of those things I did hear about that movie. Like, the, the people that were, like, into the, the movie when it came out, half of the reviews were, like, people who got went into it, like, on drugs of some kind. And had well, that, and, like, what are you expecting? You're watching a yeah. movie with people dressed up like cats singing songs about being cats. Like... Yeah, oh, are, they, are they thinking that it's, it's fucking like I don't know, like Ben Hur or something? It's cats. I, I wish I wish they would have kept their buttholes because that <laughs> I don't want to see the butthole cut. Of cats. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it till I can see the goddamn butthole cut of cats. Right. Man, uh, that movie, man. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of, dis- we're gonna go transition from a disaster of a movie <laughs> to a really really good movie. Really uh, good. Yeah, we're talking. We're going to talk about the 2016 uh, 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 Mike Flanagan movie that I don't know. Did he, did Netflix buy this right away or did they? I don't know what. Dude, it exactly was kind of like a surprise drop, actually. Like, I, I remember I remember covering South by Southwest that year. Yeah. And it it had it premiered there. But like yeah. it premiered there. And then out of nowhere, it went to, I think, Netflix maybe a month later. Yeah, and this was one of those movies that I mean I could be wrong. So if if anyone's like a a scholar on Hush, <laughs> wrote a thesis on Hush, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, but I think this is one of those movies that Blumhouse did for a while that was kind of like under their tilt banner, to where like they yeah. they would do movies that were like straight to streaming or straight to video, and yeah. didn't kind of go all out theatrical for. And yeah. I, I remember not even knowing this movie existed until it dropped. Yeah, I I remember. I think th- this movie became like a like a cult classic. Mm-hmm. Really, like it. This movie got like word of mouth faster, and I don't. I probably ended up watching it in like twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. So it was a little while after. It was like one of those things. Like, oh, I'll watch that because that's one of the downfalls of like streaming platforms. Because you're like, oh, it's gonna be there. Like, you know, you don't have to worry about it. And uh when I finally did, I was like, damn, I waited. And it's funny because, like, I rewatched it with my wife. And my, she, my wife is weird with watching horror, but she got real into it and she she enjoyed herself. So, uh, I mean, she got, I mean, she just loves everything Mike Flanagan's done that she's watched. She she started with all the Netflix stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, but man, it's uh, it's one of those movies that it's real simple in premise. But it's just executed so beautifully, right? It, it's it it's it just shows that Mike knew what he was doing when he made this movie, and he just he knew how to took a simple premise. And I guess I I assume that this was another like had little budget, and just him and his wife wrote it, and were like, okay, cool, we're gonna do this. Dude, and, you know, this movie cost barely a million dollars to make. And they planned yeah. out while well, writing it. They planned out and like kind of like did the choreography and just planned out everything about this movie in their own home for months and months to yeah. get it so down 
To the point yeah. to where, like, I, I remember reading that when they went to go film it, they had to realize, hey, this isn't our home. We got to fucking yeah. figure things out now. But, you, like, you got to change things a little bit. Yeah. And it's such a good, I love kind of like home invasion or kind of contained movies because they freak me yeah. out, even if they're not like oh, super yeah. scary. Like, I am so scared of home invasions that, like, dude, yeah. The Strangers fucked me up for a week when I saw that in the theaters. But, like, it's, this one is such a good example of taking, like, su- something so simple, but, like, that there's, so, like, so many of us are afraid of. And I think that's yeah. what makes it so effective. Yeah. It's – you're taking a primal fear because, like, your home is supposed to be your safe space, right? And mm-hmm. you go and, like, from some of the early home invasion films, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I, I still feel bad for Leatherface. I mean, he was just sitting there at home and people came into his house. He was just trying to do some chores and these people mm-hmm. came in. That Leatherface is the good guy in Texas Chainsaw. I've Hands, always thought that. <laughs> dude, I'm like, okay, the dude was mentally challenged. You know, he, yep. he was a fragile person who yep. was raised by people that aren't very good. And then yep. these strangers just come into his house and, you know, the dude, the dude stunted. Like, why wouldn't yep. he react that way? <laughs> it's, it's people who look at that movie any other way. I just, I don't know what to tell them. I really don't. But man, I, the, the, uh, that's funny that they took all that work because man, it makes sense. And dude, they, uh, you were talking about this and we'll get into it here in a second. This movie is almost a silent movie like it's there is the the main character is obviously played by kate siegel his wife is maddie and she's deaf and so the whole movie is from her perspective and Mm -hmm. the the bits of sound are that do happen are either from the the three other characters that are in it or or you get some inklings of what's going on in her head and how she sees the world because she she wasn't always deaf she she gained uh the deafness through uh when she got had meningitis when she was 13 right mm-hmm. yeah dude like i i think this movie's such a good example of good sound design because yeah. oh. it's really hard to keep anyone's attention these days just in general yeah. because i mean we live in a, a time where you know, I'm not blaming James Wan, but with the yeah. saw editing kind of took over a lot of horror for a long time to yeah. where like films weren't allowed to like let themselves breathe. And I think that's the yep. thing that really caught me off guard with Hush the first time I watched it. It's yeah. like other than some sound design, some white noise stuff or like an ultrasound or like there's such a good use of like ambiance in this one. Yep. Like just like the the noises that we hear you know, with like the floorboards creaking or like the way yeah. that our sa- our houses sound like that's actually that feels like a, a one, another character in Hush, you know, yeah. because we're, we're put into this character who can't hear what's going on. And we're kind of like living vicariously through them. And so yeah. the, these little pieces of noise, it, it makes like another. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, the other characters, that's that's about it. Other than that, it's pretty yeah. silent. Yeah, the movie does things that are inc- it's incredibly like the especially your first watching. Like I've watched this like 3 times now and it the first time you watch it and you start seeing this like it's a fucking terrifying effect of like this guy coming into her home and like he figures out real quickly that like she's not hearing him. 
And he, this sadistic motherfucker is like, it's like you talk about go back to catnip. This guy is like, it's like catnip to him. He like fucking turns him on in like, like his ability to fuck with this one. Right? And there's no reason. And I think that's, yeah. that's why any, anytime I talk about the Halloween series, yeah. I, I usually have to pin like pinpoint to where I have issues with it. And I mean, I love that yeah. series so much, but the sister twist in Halloween too. I cannot stand yeah. because it took away yeah. the it took away the lack of of reason why Michael Myers went after Lori. This dude yeah. in Hush has no reason whatsoever yeah. other than he's just a bastard. I mean, there's that one scene. Yeah. There's that one scene where she's trying to reason with him, saying, "Hey, I haven't seen you," and so he yeah. lifts up his mask just to be like, "Okay, well, basically, you have. I'm going to kill you now." Yep. That and that's uh, that. You know, it's funny because that same scene happens in uh, in. Uh, haunt mm-hmm. uh the i haven't seen your face and lifts up the mask and uh it's it's that thing where it's like i don't give a fuck yeah that's like uh, uh last night uh joe bob had uh what's his name the director of halloween kills and all the halloween movies yeah. on the show and he was talking about the same thing that's he he basically said that the sister twist was entirely why they took Halloween two out of that timeline mm-hmm. because they didn't, they wanted Michael to be the, 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 this, this killer that, you know, just doing it because he can or because he wants to it. Yeah. It's the, it's the same thing with this guy. This guy just wants to fuck with people. And, uh, it, it you, do you, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you have, have you seen them? The, the yeah, French movie? Yeah. I love that yeah, movie. It's, yeah, it's very much along those lines too. It's like, or the strangers. You're talking about the strangers. It's all the stuff that's like, yeah, this just happened because it could. Like, it doesn't. There's no reason behind it. It's there's it's, a uh, there's a plot line in Halloween Kills, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything really because it yeah. was it was a big part of 2018. Where yeah. in Halloween Kills, a good amount of it, everyone's thinking that Michael's coming after Lori in the hospital. That fool does yeah. not care about her whatsoever, and the fucked up yeah. shit happens only when people go after him in 2018 yeah. and kills. And yeah. like, well, dude, mm-hmm. I was gonna say the 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 one of the most fucked up things in all of Halloween is the idiots in four, the the lynch mob from four, and it kind of seems like Halloween Kills borrows oh, that, that element whole, a little oh, bit. Oh, that times forty. <laughs> like, yeah, I always like I, someone asked me how Halloween Kills was, and I, I couldn't. You know, the studio said, don't say anything until the 13th. So I was like, okay, I won't won't say much. But a friend of mine is like, okay, well, can you tell me maybe, can you compare it to something? I said, you know those redneck idiots in Halloween 4? They're like, yeah. And I go, that's the whole movie. Yeah. And they were like, yes. Dude, the the most, like, gone over factor in that whole situation. Those motherfuckers executed some random poor dude. And then we're like, okay, we're going to keep going. We got more shit to do. Fucking, uh, that's funny because I, my wife, my wife, tat, I had this idea when I was really high, which is, I guess, every night. But uh, I had this idea that I was just like, hey, I want to get a whole graveyard of graves on my right leg tattooed of random yeah. characters that nobody gives a shit about. Like I have Demon, the guy that got, ate the enchiladas and died on the toilet in Friday Five. I yeah. have him. I have Ben Tramer that got hit in Halloween 2 because Loomis chased him into a street. And next to yeah. him, I have a grave for Ted Hollister, the dude that got shot <laughs> in the bushes in Halloween 4. <laughs> it's the, I, those motherfuckers murdered a dude. And, and just then moved we're on. like, okay, we're, yeah, they're just like, we're going to keep going. Cool. Yeah, fucking I'd be like, Earl was like, oh, no big deal. And then like five minutes later, he has Michael Myers' like fingers in his throat. 
Yeah. Eh, man, it's so like. I love uh, it. Also, I will never understand on Halloween four how uh, how Michael is like hanging out of the truck and like getting up into the truck to murder everyone, and no one in the cab of the truck notices. I'm like, how did you not notice this six foot four huge motherfucker just plomping around that, murdering that, everyone and the best, in your truck? Uh, that and the best part of that whole scene. Oh fuck, I could talk about that forever. <laughs> is that poor stuntman? He throws one of the dudes out of the truck, and the stuntman yeah. bounces on the ground so hard. <laughs> that truck was going. It wasn't going. It wasn't going ninety, but it was going decently fast. It was probably going fifteen twenty miles an hour, and they made it look a little yeah. bit faster, but. But that shit, man, bounce, dude. I trip and fall, go trip and fall on pavement, like now going walking speed, and tell me how it feels. It fucking hurts. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> so, I want to talk about like another thing about this movie that I fucking love. Mm-hmm. The mask of that killer is fucking dope. Like, yeah. Um, it it has a very unique element, and it's very like memorable and we've talked about it on the show before like when you we talked about um what the fuck is that movie called uh not a history the movie with the guy from um cabin in the woods oh what the fuck was it called uh that's an, another shutter movie something about violence i can't think about it where he was a comic book writer oh uh, yeah something yeah violence i know what you're talking uh, about but uh, the guy in that movie had that, had that violence, real right yeah, random acts of violence. That's what was it. He had the the very like the the welder mask in it and stuff, which which was okay looking and stuff like that. But you, you talk about like that when it comes to like killer movies and slashers, and this is a slasher. It's a very, I mean, it's a home invader invasion slasher kind of thing. But like this, so the mask was real important. Um, and it's funny because like. I feel like the character ends up being scarier after he takes the mask off. Like it was specifically referring to like you went the scene you were talking about when he goes, well, he takes the mask off after she says, I haven't seen your face. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I, you, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Were you down with that? Do you like the mask a lot? Is, I love the mask and especially with the kind of hood thing he wears over it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I like it, but I think that I like when he takes the mask down for a minute and he kind of like shows it to her. I do think yeah. that that adds to how scary it is because it also shows, yeah. hey, this is just a random person who wants to kill yeah. you. You know, yeah. like it's it's easy for us to get lost in characters that are wearing a mask because we don't identify that they're an actual person beneath, you know, yeah. and like uh, knowing that I, I always found that that scene in The Strangers super scary when they take off their masks, we don't see what they look like, but just to show them that while basically so they could look in their eyes as they're murdering the main characters. Yeah. Like that shit's yeah. what, like crazy. Well, dude, it's, I mean, it's, talk about it. Like nothing is scarier. And like, it, it like I was just streaming with my buddies, the phasmophobia I was talking about. Then uh, like, and my buddy was telling me this, like in the middle of the night, he heard something and you just like, you hear a weird noise in the middle of the night in your house and it's fucking panic. Like I've like, I have a, I have a pistol on my bedside and I've grabbed a pistol and started going around my house. Like it's a fucking, like, like I'm in like Tom Clancy in a like in a Tom Clancy novel or movie or something like that. Cause you're like, what's in my house? Ah! Dude, thing, you know? my and, house is, there's no way my house isn't haunted. Cause there's so much weird shit that like sound wise, I have a Dr. Yeah. Loomis figure 
displayed in a very specific place and out of nowhere i woke up one day and the figure was gone and my Lori strode figure was like sideways stuck to the wall no shit dude uh yeah. yeah i took pictures of that but like one night i showed my kids sinister for the first time because they were just kind of being dicks and so my wife was like yeah <laughs> so we showed them sinister <laughs> and they were so scared but so was my wife and so that night yeah. we were sleeping and then at night at like two in the morning some random person rang our doorbell and then walked away i had like i've had to check our house every night since then because of that I- stuff even the slightest noise you, you think someone's in your house Jerry, I have to ask you though, when your kids are being a shit, is it really a good idea to show them a movie where the small children murder their entire families? My whole life has been a series of really <laughs> bad decisions when it comes to that stuff. It always backfires. Like three in the morning, they'll be at my door and I'll be like, oh shit, I shouldn't have done that. You ever see those like, I don't remember when it happened. It was a couple of years back when those people were dressed up at like clowns and like ringing people's doorbells in Dude, the middle that of the was night. right by here actually that was close to uh, bakersfield which is maybe an hour away from here that or they would stand on the corners and just smile yeah that shit was fuck i don't hate like i don't hate clowns like normally like in clown movies can be pretty cool like uh like uh clown the the movie clown is fucking oh, dope love if you it. haven't seen love it, it. Yeah, Clown is fucking dope. And I really like Stitches, too, which is now on Shudder. Oh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> That's Scottish or is it Irish? I think it's Irish. Two. Yeah. I I, I, yeah. In, I interviewed the star of that movie when it first came out. That dude was a stand-up comedian. And that dude was one yeah. of the funniest interviews I've ever had in my life. Yeah, dude. He does a good job of doing that. And like, it's Why isn't like that Freddy a series? Kruger. I don't Because it was Irish. Oh, man. That would be so huge here if it was done yeah. right. Yeah. Dude, that I mean, yeah, that that dude. There's a lot of Irish stuff that I've seen mm-hmm. now, or, or not a lot, but I've, everything I've seen has been entertaining as fuck. Like the hole in the ground was awesome. Oh yeah, um, yeah. the that that uh, stitches movie was awesome. Um, the Hallow was then, really good. Yeah, there's been a lot, man. It's just like yeah, it just doesn't like get attention because it's not American, right? Um, it's funny because it's like even Australian horror, like. It's like you go back to things like I still think the loved ones should be one of those most talked about horror movies ever because that movie is so fucking like shocking, basically. That dude, that and director you're... got shafted so hard twice in a row. Like the loved one, the one, the loved ones was supposed to come out and it got delayed and delayed until there was that weird intersection of like video and streaming to where it just kind of yeah. eventually got released and no one watched it. The second yeah. one was supposed to have a bigger theatrical release, but didn't. That was The Devil's Candy. I haven't seen oh, that one. Dude, oh, dude. Maybe I have. That movie is so fucking cool. It is like a heavy, yeah. satanic heavy metal fucking horror film. I love that. That's another home invasion one. It's great. I think maybe I have seen that. I don't know. It's it's all the fuck. Again, I've talked about this in here. It's the, the one thing about uh, like indie horror is that often their names are like, like just nondescript or not like too plain, you know. That so or like, like weren't wasn't there like four or five spiral movies that came out like in the last two years? Yes. So so me and Josh at one point were supposed to do spiral on this show, not the cult one that was on Shutter. Mm-hmm. And Josh watched some other weird like n- Middle Eastern like drama spiral movie, and like 
And yeah, and so it's it's that generic, and then and then the Chris Rock spiral came out last year. So yeah, it's like there's a lot of that stuff with those these movies, and it's just like you look into you go look into a, a type of some random generic like uh, horror movie from you know especially an indie horror movie, and I bet you there's at least one other name that uh, a movie that shares the name. Right? That's it's, what I love about Italian it, horror is there's no way to yeah. replicate those titles. <laughs> It's like fi- I, I, fifteen words long. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, I, I just watched Tenambre or whatever the fuck it's yeah. called the other day, like for the first time, and I like I can't even remember the goddamn name of it, but the the one with the author who who's going to Rome and like to get this, uh, like is doing a publicity for his latest novel, and yeah, it's just the movie's dope though. It was really good. Another Shutter thing. Um, I have to say though too, another favorite part of this sh- of Hush is watching I. She might be the nicest person in the world, but Samantha Sloan, who played the 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 bitch on uh, Midnight Mass, gets absolutely fucking gutted, uh, like real early on in this movie. And I'm like, eat it, you evil bitch, <laughs> dude. Right? It's <laughs> it's funny when that happens. Yeah, you're like, yeah, uh, you're, it's you're like good, good. And there's there's also that connection that the main character wrote the book Midnight Mass in the Hush. Yep. So yep. like you're already it's already kind of fresh in your mind yep. to where like you know you you watch Hush if you've seen Midnight Mass first you watch Hush and you're like oh Aaron you know oh Bev yep. and like yeah you, you kind of form these opinions on characters that you shouldn't already <laughs> based yeah. on that. They and they're even yeah they're Aaron Bevan Riley they they even say Riley who's the 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 main character who at some point I thought was the the killer in this like until he removed the mask I, like I had I had had generic bald guy you know like little guy uh, white dude in my head and for some reason thought he was the killer um, you know what's a bummer but- is being familiar with John Gallagher the actor that played the killer in this before seeing yeah. this movie. Like I I, uh, I don't know if you've seen Short Term Twelve. No, I haven't. Oh, such a good movie with Brie Larson. Basically, she's a worker at this kind of like a boys' home or like a, a uh-huh. not not boys, but like troubled kids' home. It's like a really yeah. good drama, and he's he's like such a sweetheart in that movie. That yeah. or like you know uh, the second Cloverfield movie or like you know he. Oh yeah, yeah, that's where I knew him from. Yep. He was in uh, American Idiot, the Broadway version. Like this dude, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like being familiar with that dude and then watching this, you're like, like it, it was kind of hard for me to separate those two at first. But then I kind yeah. of had to force myself to, you know, to like think he's a piece of shit for the movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like uh, Samantha uh, Soyan plays like a nice character in this. But you're like after right after watching Midnight Mass, you're like this fucking bitch just you're just like it's like getting some of that out because that character is so like intense in that thing and it's it's that whole thing and it's also like the uh the boy her boyfriend is plays the mayor on a uh, midnight mass yeah uh, uh and so it's like it's just mike flanagan using the same people um over and over again right and it's my wife, my wife loves rewatching series way more than I do. Like I'll rewatch stuff like comedies mostly, and it's mostly when I'm like going to bed and stuff like that. Um, but my wife has been like rewatching uh, Bly Manor and uh, Hill House, and so she's got that context. And uh, I haven't seen yeah, Bly Manor yet. I, I have Hill House. Yeah, well, you you need to watch. Have you watched Hill House? I I haven't watched Bly Manor yet. Oh, okay, but you have watched Hill House. Yeah, okay. yeah, because one. Of, one of the houses at uh, Halloween Horror Nights is 
uh, Hill House. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm excited for so, that. One. Yeah, me and me and uh, we figured out that we are gonna, me and Jerry are gonna be there at the same day. It's fucking how it's random is crazy. that? Synchronicity. Yeah, it's fuck. Yeah, and then my friend from here is gonna be there the next day. I thought she was gonna be there the same day, but she. Nah. But yeah, it's small fucking world, dude. That really and is. my brother's going, which is funny because no one knows my brother, but like my brother is a couple years older than me, and he's the complete uh-huh. opposite of me in every way. <laughs> Like, I'm so, like, valley, you know, like, rad 24-7 kind of shit. And my yeah. brother is, like, the most Hispanic white dude of all time. <laughs> like, my, my brother looks like he'd be in Blood In, Blood Out. My brother nice. has, like, like the handlebar mustache and, like, smile now, cry later, lowrider tattoos. <laughs> Does he have a teardrop tattoo? Uh, oh, <laughs> see, that's he looks tough <laughs> as fuck, but he, yeah. Like, I think I have a better chance of killing someone than my brother does. Yeah. No, but, like, I that's... asked him if he wanted to go because I am dying to see my brother who tries to put off this, like, I'm tough as fuck persona. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to get him scared shitless. Yeah. And seeing him maybe punch like an actor wearing Leatherface costume. <laughs> it's so funny, man. Like nothing like I I don't I have a real hard time getting scared scared. Mm-hmm. Like after everything I've watched, right? And but jump scares get me all the time. And I know it's that simplest, like you know, I know it's that simplest, easy thing in the world, but they get me, man. I have clips of me jumping off the fucking out of my chair playing like jump scare games on my streams. That is great. And uh, so it's like I'm like, I want to be fucking in the air, nine feet in the air. My wife laughs at me every time, too. It happens to me when I don't expect it. Like, usually in, like, most horror films, I'll be like, okay, it's getting getting quiet. So, obviously, someone's going to jump out. But there's – I went with my wife to see the Halsey movie in IMAX. And that was the last thing I imagined there being jump scares in. But there were really (laughs) loud, like, things. And, like, I I, I jumped. I was like, oh, shit, a couple times. And, you know, (laughs) Queens around me. Yeah. No. I would also recommend uh, anyone watching that movie because it's probably my favorite movie of the year. Halsey. I don't know that one. Halsey? Like the, the musician Halsey? Yeah. I she don't, has a I new don't album. Know that one, yeah. uh, she has a new album that Trent Reznor produced called uh, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. And she uh-huh. did this film and it's like, it's it's kind of like take it takes place in the kind of like, uh, you know, uh, Marie Antoinette kind of era. And it yeah. has like witches involved and like a bunch of really cool stuff. It's like an hour long. It's like a it's like a oh, movie nice. that incorporates a lot of the new album, but like also has oh, like very cool. bold things to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great, uh, great stuff. It's on HBO Max now. It just dropped. Oh, I'll have to check that out for sure. Um, sounds cool. Yeah, it's 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 weird how like these more and more people are making like these just like solid hour films, right? Mm-hmm. And like not trying to like pull them up longer than that and i wonder how much of that is covid you know restraints and whatnot or in in stuff like like uh hosts being successful right um that are like bands and musicians they'll be so fucking annoyed by this covid existence that we'll just get like random surprised albums like like I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan, like unabashedly, yeah. but like I in a million years did I not expect two or three albums to drop in the last year, you know? Yeah. Well it's like they're not touring as much, right? Like they've yeah. all been cut off the road. Like um I just saw Highlong and they were at Red Rocks and it was so cool and like I the I 
I like a lot of their songs. Don't get me wrong, but their 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 music is all like it's not like something you usually just sit down there and like jam out to, right? It's very like like getting prepped for war kind of music, yeah, which is tribal. really dope. Like, I, yeah, I sent you that one song. You're like, I'm ready to for battle. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I um, saw so many people that I know that went to that yeah. same show. And I didn't know what they were going to at first. And I was just thinking, like, yeah. what the fuck is going on with all of these people yeah. I know? Like, are they joining Fury yeah. Road? Like, what is going <laughs> on? Yeah. It was – It looked my wild. Friend got, my friend did our makeup, and there were good pictures of it. And uh, it, it, look, it, was, it was just a fucking good old time. And now we're going back with them to see Dead Mouse, which oh, I – Oh, yes. I know – I know little about him too, but I know some good stuff about it. Like I enjoy what I know, right? So mm-hmm. that'll be. A, it's man, it's so expensive though. Like you go, you pay a hundred bucks for a ticket, like and so like buying my wife and me a ticket, two hundred dollars, and then you're you're checking out at two sixty five because of fees and taxes and shit like that. And you're like, ooh, that hurts. It's so hard to ooh, get used hurts. to that when you like kind of cut your teeth on like punk rock and hardcore music oh, yeah. backgrounds like yeah. i was I'm, yeah. I'm used to like all age shows for like 10 15 yep. bucks yeah i dude i grew up like going to uh i when i was in high school i get real into this uh finger 11 yeah yeah and i saw finger 11 a shit ton of times in cleveland and like the agora and that was like 20 25 bucks every time and seeing stuff like like trap i'm not trapped uh what the f- trapped is the crazy ones i'm thinking of uh all these bands that are like not big bands, right? Like going to see Alkaline Trio before everyone knew who Alkaline Trio was. Like and uh, and then like of course as soon as the dude joins Blink One Eighty Two, everyone's like, "Oh my god, I gotta see Alkaline Trio." See, like, that's frustrating guys. to me because yeah. I've I've had a good morning tattoo on my wrist since that yeah. album came out, and I know exactly yeah. like yeah, like Skiba and all those guys sent my son a onesie for like when he was born. Dude. Like, no, dude, Alkaline Trio is like probably one of my five favorite bands of all time, but it's so weird to get used to like the whole Blink-182 thing. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm supportive yeah. of it. Like, hey, it's cool. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's weird. I miss that guy being dangerous. Yeah, dude, I will never think that shaking like a dog shitting razor blades <laughs> isn't like one of my favorite. Dude, you know what pisses me off about them, though? Like, I've seen them three times i think and one of them like the first time i saw him or the second time i saw him they just didn't play radio the whole time i'm like you motherfuckers what are you doing see, i understand you have all these albums but radio you see, assholes, i'm not radio. that dude that gets pissed if a band doesn't play certain songs but i would be yeah. so furious if i saw alkaline <laughs> trio and they didn't play radio yep it was so much that like they a couple years ago they did the the album tour they were doing mm-hmm. and i was like no i have to go I have to go for that album. I'm going, and me and my buddy went, and we had a good time. But it was like those tickets got wonked up too, or I would have gone more. I'm like, how are you? It, yeah, so it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. And and now we have ghost touring and doing the same arena here that uh, that fucking Billie Eilish is going to. And I'm like, that's wild. Those big shows are yeah. insane. My wife and I yeah. went to see Taylor Swift. I think in 2018, 2017. And it was yeah. in like this massive football stadium. And it was like the first show like that I had ever been to. Because, I mean, like I said, yeah. you know, $15 punk rock shows. Yeah. You know? And I, it was just yeah. such a different experience doing that. Yeah. I've been to two arena shows. I went and saw, and when like high school, I think it was, I went and saw Creed and, and someone else at like at the, the Gund Arena in Cleveland. 
And then a couple years ago, I went and my buddy drug me to see uh, the last Black Sabbath tour that they did um, with Ozzy and everything like that. And we had four tickets at the Pepsi Center. And I'm like, and I didn't pay for it because I didn't have any money to give him. And he Mm -hmm. was like, fine, someone to go with me. So that was a good time. So, but yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a lot, man. Like it, it, it's funny going off about punk rock and stuff because, like, it very much feels like Flanagan's like kind of like a punk rock film director, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's a very like, I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna do it very, like, <sighs> this movie doesn't have very many kills in it, right? Like you got one, two, like th- what three kills in the movie, right? Um, I, yeah, I think maybe three kills in a hand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. To that hand, we 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 talked about that last week with the midnight mass and and Flanagan's like like kink of hand torture. The the hand scene in this movie is not easy it's to so watch. So mean because he slams the yeah. door on it and he just kind of kicks it. Yeah, no, he stomps on, on it. Like, it. He, like stomps yeah, on like, it. Yeah, like like he, like he's doing like like there's a spider he wants to get rid of. He just fucking steps on her hand and then they like they show it and like. I'm assuming it's all like prosthetics and her fingers are all like going in like it looks like a fucking like like a gang sign someone's making with her hand. Their <laughs> fingers are so fucked up. And it's like, ah, and you like you just like she, and then she's running around and that's like towards the very, very end of the movie. But like it's like, man, that fucking is rough. It's uh, it is just. Uh, it, yeah, it's not easy to watch, right? I, there's uh. something that happens. Uh, it either does or doesn't happen in these home invasion movies. And yeah. if I if I'm in a really downer mood, I, yeah. I, I'm fine with it not happening. It's it's like there's a moment in these movies where the person realizes that if they don't fight back, they're dead. Yeah. Or in like the strangers in movies like that, they think that they're good at fighting back and they just suck and they die. Yeah. <laughs> but like in Hush, I love it. There's there is a moment where she's basically having to basically like realizing that, hey, this dude's really into wanting me dead. I need to figure yeah. out ways to outsmart him. And so like it's yeah. it's that kind of like game of cat and mouse that I really love yeah. for the second half of the movie. It's very Tom and Jerry, like mm-hmm. <laughs> with, mm-hmm. with like real extreme violence. Cause like the thing, this movie does some things I usually don't like that I actually kind of enjoy how Flanagan does them because I, I usually hate, 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 hate the, it was all a dream thing. Mm-hmm. And this movie does that a couple times, but they do it with that preposition of like, no, you like the preposition. I don't know. Preposition is not the word I'm looking for, but they do it with the like, they set it up early on in the movie that this character, she's a she writes in mass like we were talking about, and uh, she she tells her friend that she she has what her mom called writer's brain, and she basically sees, it's kind of like it's kind of like a more realistic version of of Doctor Strange and mm-hmm. Infinity War where he's like I saw a billion possibilities, and then she's like sees possibilities for all the situations her characters are in, but. You learn later on that she transitions that into her brain really works like that. Her brain is thinking about all the possibilities of all these things. And that's how she tells stories. Um, and they set it up in like even with her writing where she's got like nine different endings she's trying to f- put out. Right. Um, which is weird because it seems like she's writing Midnight Mass. But Midnight Mass is already out. Did you notice that? Yeah. Like it Because like what in her book, it's like the Midnight Mass characters. And then but 
her, her neighbor Sarah brings her back her Midnight Mass book. So it was that was a little it's a cool little thing if you if you know Midnight Mass though and you go back and watch that you're like oh because it might not have seemed like it probably didn't I, I seem like that when you before Midnight Mass came out right because yeah the characters and all that stuff right so. No, before before Midnight Mass came out, the only thing that was like recurring to me is seeing Midnight Mass again in Gerald's game by Mike Flanagan. Yep. I was like, oh, okay, that yep. must that must mean something. Yeah, and like I am stoked. Yeah. I I just read that he's thinking about actually making writing the novel. Which, dude, what? I would love to read a Midnight Mass novel. He's got to be got. He's got to be close, man. He's got all this stuff in there and all this like legend and all this like you know. Like he's written stuff like he probably I mean, it would take work. Don't get me wrong, but he's got this idea and he's got the whole script written out and all and that. There's stuff and no like, way there's not a Bible for all those characters already. Yeah. How yeah. in depth each of those characters and their stories yeah. are that dude knows yeah. every single bit of history yeah. for that island. And I, dude, I want to yeah. read that so bad. If that happens. I, he would just I mean, you just take you just take script and you like and I'm not, I'm not saying it's super easy, but you just go in and transition it into a more like narrative story right like mm -hmm. i i dude i would be down he's like and he's did you see he's doing a bunch of uh edgar Allan poe stories yeah books too i Which dude is, i'm just waiting for the ball to drop and everyone starts hating mike flanagan because yeah. he's, he's one of those people that's just like dude you're kind of too good to be true but then every time yeah. he releases something you're like well no it's just true like and then I, they find out there's twelve hookers buried in his basement, right? and you know, and we're like, like uh, it's it okay, <laughs> you know, that's that's okay. No one's perfect. No, uh, we've all been there. No, <laughs> no, like it's it's funny because like I don't throw around the whole masters of horror thing very, yeah. You know, like I think that's it's like scream queens. Like it, like get yeah. get out of here with that. And, like yeah. someone that could fart in a movie once will be labeled a scream queen. You know, like th yeah. it doesn't take much. Uh, but I think Mike Flanagan is one of the few exceptions to that. Like a hundred percent. That guy, that guy, the only filmmaker I think that gives me the same feeling as far as just being, having that kind of punk rock ethos, but also being like a really professional studio director. Uh, I think Carpenter is the only person that comes into mind in like the, yeah. you know, late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. I mean, you you know what the like the them making that movie and spending how much of their budget on a camera and, and how Halloween that that whole movie was completely punk rock and uh, it's it, like it's it often feels that like a lot of the times that these guys start off like that and then they don't stay or can't stay like I think I think Eli Roth kind of started like that and then like he exhausted every idea in his head and dude. That dude, that motherfucker remaking his own movie might have been the worst. Like, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You're remaking your own movie from 15 years ago, you idiot. Like, I, and I really liked his early career. I really liked uh, Hostel. I really liked uh, uh, The Cabin in the, or was it called? Uh, Cabin Fever. Yeah. And, like, when they came out, they were cool movies. But then, like, then he starts doing, like, stuff that I, like, I never watched The Green Inferno. I heard that was okay. I, like, just a lot of stuff, like, I don't know. Like the guy knows his like the the documentaries he made for Shudder were really good. The history I love of watching yeah. history of horror every season. I'm down yeah. with that. I think my issue yeah. is I just don't like him. Yeah, like I've I've yeah, had, I've like had to asshole. sit down with that guy a couple times for interviews. Oh, and that yeah. dude, the last time was for Hemlock Grove. I had to sit down with him and Fomka Jansen in a hotel in, in Hollywood for Fangoria. 
And that dude sized me up the entire interview to the point where it's just like, I wanted to deck the guy how like uncomfortable this dude was making me feel. Yeah. Dude, I, I I really think that motherfucker got praised so much for hostile and, and uh, cabin fever that he decided that his shit didn't stink. Right. Like he just, it's that thing where you're like, dude, you haven't put out anything like besides the history of horror things that were worth the shit. Like in, since hostile two and like it's like you remade your own movie you dumb motherfucker like i don't know who else like the only other person i ever think of doing that was the funny games director who did like the the was it swedish or whatever version and then the Mm -hmm. english version like the same time but like people don't remake their own movies like well especially in their own (sighs) language It, it was a different so, director, the Cabin Fever remake, no. but he it was the same exact oh. Eli Roth script, the same exact script. Like, it didn't was, he produce it? He yeah, no, yeah, he was remake. involved, yeah. heavily involved. Yeah, but yeah. like that's that's my only reluctance. Like, my wife and I are such huge Borderlands fans, and yeah. Eli Roth just finished filming the Borderlands movie. Yeah, so like I'm like. Ah. I, but, I, but then I Jamie that, Lee like, Curtis as Tannis, like okay, I could yeah. I could get on board with that, but I don't I'm know. like, who decided that this motherfucker directing a big time action movie was a good idea? Like we all like, know that Paul W S Anderson should have done it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> dude, no, no more, no more, no more. Yeah. I, I, I had fun with Monster Hunter, like that movie, but it was bad. Like it was not a good movie. So. Uh. Oh man, I. So like, this movie, like, uh, Hush is about what is it? Like a, an hour and forty-two minutes. It's yeah, it's it's or tw- twenty-two minutes or something like that. Yeah, it it's doesn't not, feel that long. And it, it's another one that just hits the ground running and does a really good job of, it like setting up things early on that come back later on. Um, mm-hmm. also, there are a couple scenes in this movie I really fucking love. The the first one I want to bring up the uh, when the man he's called on IMDb he's called the man um, picks picks up Sarah's body and is using her like a like a mannequin or something like a like mm-hmm. a dummy or something like that and using her hand against the window that scene is so fucking demented I I fucking love that it. and like when he's like threatening her cat <laughs> yeah <laughs> what a it's dick. Like, you're gonna see your mommy soon, or she's gonna see you. You're like you're gonna you're gonna fucking threaten a cat named bitch, really, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> that and like yes, what cat- one of the many things I love about this movie is I never in my entire life thought I would think a crossbow was cool. Yeah, dude, dude. That's another thing. Is such fucking good storytelling is when she's looking at that. Uh, she's trying to figure out the crossbow after she gets it from him. And she finds the notches on there. It's such a good thing where it's like they're just showing you how much of a psychopath this motherfucker is without, you know, showing you. They're mm-hmm. like it, they're using this very like it's this very cool storytelling method where it's just like it's a little nod to what this guy's done. But like it's not it's just a like you kind of have to think about it. And you go, what is oh, this motherfucker has killed a sh-. like there's like nine 14 things on there or something yeah. like that there's a lot of them it this movie actually kind of it's funny because it kind of uh 
it kind of reminds me of like like that of like Hellfest, where the guy goes and just kills people randomly, like you know, and just goes um, home. Like get these, <laughs> yeah, then just goes home. That movie, man, I, I like I've said before, but man, that movie surprised me with how much fun it was. But like, see, I and I expected to be honest, I expected Hellfest to not be as much fun because yeah, my my friend Seth wrote it, and uh-huh. that movie was kind of like. It was an idea from someone else, and then he came on board and rewrote it from page one, and then a couple other yeah. people came on to help write it. And so with yeah. ma- as many people involved in a production like that, usually it's like the first yeah. sign, like, oh, God. But, dude, I yeah. had so much fucking fun with Hellfest. Yeah. It, it That movie reminds me of a lot of Haunt. Yeah. I know it came out before Haunt, but, like, it's got the same thing where it's, like, it's just, like, a bigger budget version of it. And you think about it, man. Like, if somebody was going to run around fucking people up like that and do – like, that would be a perfect setting for it. Like, really. It's like kind of like this where they're, like – they feel like they're in the middle of the nowhere in this house, right? Like, it feels like it, – it almost feels like the, the this hush house feels like there's no roads or anything like mm-hmm. that, right? Like, it – Well, it's well, kind of like that because, great secluded writer's getaway that every writer wants yeah. to have. Like, there's been so many times where my wife and I have thought about, like, because she's an artist, she's a painter, and, you know, I write. Uh So we had, we've always had this idea, like, oh, you know what, let's go up by the woods and just get a cabin away from anywhere to just get, like, (laughs) stuff done for a weekend. And it's like, I think every writer or any creative person in general wants that every once in a while. And I think the house in Hush is, it's like the epitome of that, you know, and that also adds to, like, the danger. You know, you like, you know, she wants something away from anyone. And that's also the most dangerous thing that you can do at the same time in the situation. Yeah. It's like this guy obviously targets this, the, her house in the area because, because of that fact, right? He's, he's killing, uh, he's killing the, uh, the, the friend and her boyfriend and trying to kill her because there's no one else around. Mm -hmm. And, the other thing, the other scene that I really am like, oh, this motherfucker in this movie, when the boyfriend comes after him and then like sh- she pounds on the window, that's like, the stupidest thing she could do. Like that's it's it's another thing that's like good writing because it's like these people panicking, panicking in these situations, and the the dude stabs the bigger dude in the neck, and he's like, it's okay, it's over now, dude, it's okay. Like the way he's talking to him like a dying animal is like. If you've ever had to put a dog down and like mm-hmm. being there when they did it, that's very much what it felt like, but from a sociopath, right? Like it's very like you're dying, you dumb motherfucker, just die and I won and Well, there's like there's like no feeling when it that's the thing. It seems like there's no yeah. feeling that the the man has with any of the victims except yeah. the main character. Like he's getting such yeah. enjoyment out of out of this and yeah. it feels like the other characters are almost just to get it done to eventually get to yeah. her. Yeah. Well, it's it's very like the boyfriend it was you have to wonder if he like Sarah was like a plan because like he he kills her like after uh, she goes over to visit uh, uh, Maddie's house right mm-hmm. and you go it kind of seems like he was watching her house and it picked Sarah off like when she was leaving her house or something mm-hmm. um, and so it's like that she's just collateral damage like he had picked this woman out for whatever reason they picked her out like it's completely it's the it's the line from the strangers why us because you were home kind mm-hmm. of thing right mm-hmm. uh, that's the scariest is, line in that movie yeah exactly um and man it's 
it's just so like it's so you just like it's the most horrifying thing because of everything happening in this movie and and the uh they just do a very good job of just making this like because the setup the setup isn't like everything besides her being deaf isn't super original right like it's mm-hmm. you know it's a home invasion movie but they use that as such a powerful tool in this movie and it comes into play with like things like the breathing on the back of her neck later on and mm-hmm. and the the fire alarm the fire alarm is like the very very early uh warnings of this and i'd never known before watching this movie but you think about it that that deaf people have to have these specific fire alarms that are so loud that you can like you can feel the bass in them basically mm-hmm. um which that thing is fucking like nightmare fuel man that thing is like you ever like have a fire alarm that is like just like kind of going wonky and you're like shut up like there's like it's like you put new batteries in it or it's like replace it and there's nothing in your house but like see my problem is is it i have really bad vertigo and a damaged eardrum in my left ear (laughs) so really loud sounds fuck me up so bad to where, like, yeah. I've had it a couple to two or three times in the last year where fire alarms in our house would go off over, like, battery stuff. And yeah. it, my ear starts instantly hurting to where I'll just grab the closest chair, stand up on it, and just rip the thing out of the wall and yeah. just yeah. destroy it into where I'll have to get a yeah. new one immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's just fucked up. Uh Man, I so yeah, I was saying like for like the the storytelling where the the prerequisites where they things mm-hmm. were a uh, were all a dream kind of thing, but like her foretelling st- events usually don't like, but I really like how they do it in this movie because of it's not long and it's very like going with the character. Um, I all man, like Kate Siegel for someone who's not deaf did a really really good job of. I wonder how much sign language she learned for this role because it feels like she knows sign language. You know what I mean? See, it was so convincing for me when I first watched it that I thought she was yeah. deaf. I remember, yeah. yeah, my wife and I, we were getting a, we took a bus into LA because we didn't want to drive. And there was a commercial yeah. for like some over the counter medication or something that she starred in. And we mm. were like, what the fuck? Isn't that the actress from Hush? Like, she's not yeah. deaf? What the hell? <laughs> That's like when DiCaprio yeah. uh, got nominated for an Oscar for What's Eating Gilbert Grape, and everyone was like, wait, what? That, that kid's not challenged? Yeah. It's – I mean, it, it's the – when you do that stuff well, it's so – It's but that problem is if you go too far, you end up like John Travolta and, and, the, <laughs> and it's just it's like, no, you fucked up. I mean, it's it's – that's what the joke of Tropic Thunder is, was that Ben Stiller's character went too far, right? He 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 overdid it and it, it was too much, right? Yeah. Oh man. Uh the Yeah, she does such a good job. Like, and that's it's one of those reasons why this movie feels so authentic, is because of her acting in this and like mm-hmm. just doing this thing where it's like you're living this weird secluded life. Um it really feels like this act, like her her Maddie's character is very like avoiding the rest of the world, right? It, like it mm-hmm. it seems like they talk. She talks to her sister early on, and uh, like she had a bad breakup, and it kind of seems like she's kind of secluded herself because of that. And she points off to like her her writing, but like 
it really seems like she's just trying to get away from the entire world for when she that's why she lives where she does right well that and no i I agree 100 percent with that that and i think that she uses writing as a way to be in control of at least one thing you know i i know for me personally when my life's kind of going through the ringer sitting down to write is the only thing i have control of at that time and it seems like in hush it's the same way that things are so stressful for her outside of that, that she's kind of putting herself away. I don't want to deal with all these things going on, but I do want to deal with the one thing that I can control. And that's me being creative. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think there's a, there's a thing that's like, it kind of feels like she uses, she uses like at the beginning of the movie, I don't know if, she views it or like is doing it on, on accident. She kind of seems like she's using her disability as a crutch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she's like, Oh, I can't do this because of this. I can't do this because of this. And then like, she kind of realizes like when she goes into that inner monologue at the end in her mom's voice, like she says at one point that her, her inner brain thoughts are her inner brain. <laughs> Are, are, are in her mom's voice or <laughs> in her brain thoughts guys i could i i talk a lot and these are the words that come out of my mouth um like she's like talk she kind of realizes how strong she's possible like capable of being and how she needs that and needs to like not rely on like not be like concentrating on her weakness she needs to be concentrating on her strengths and i think that's kind of like kind of feels like it it's a tr- like a character transition like a character like level up a level is a good way to put it right i well, think it's, uh, it's it's somebody that at the beginning of the movie feels sorry for themselves because of yeah. of, of you know ailment according to some people and by the end of the yeah. movie it's it's those it's it's the fact that she needs to focus more on the senses she does have that yeah. that makes her survive. Her deafness yeah. is the reason she survives in the movie, and yeah. and you know like she, like like you said, it's it's her strength and not her weakness. Yeah, it's. I mean, it it's why she feels his breath on the back of her neck. It's mm-hmm. why she can like set that alarm off, and she's not affected by it, and he is. It's uh, it's all that stuff, and it's like it just shows that like you can. <laughs> It doesn't matter like how it feels like he's saying like it doesn't matter how like how talented, how good you are. Anyone can like get down on themselves and get down in the situation. Right. It's I always feel like Mike Flanagan's writing like in in directing like these like bigger meaning of life kind of like things into his horror, which I really, really approve. Oh, dude. Hell yeah. It's it's so I always found his writing to be very existentialist. You know, like yeah. like this one, or I mean, fuck, man. I know it was in the novel too, but like, oh god, the director's cut of Doctor Sleep, man. Yeah. As as someone that's been a recovering alcoholic for years, yeah. like God, yeah. the, like just the writing in that movie just blew me away. Or like Midnight Mass, man. Yeah. Like this, it's it's a director that can t- tackle things from like alcoholism, substance abuse, lack of faith, you know, forgiveness, yeah. self forgiveness, forgiveness to others. Yeah. All these different things. And that's when you could tell a filmmaker's been through some shit himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? When they're not afraid to kind yeah. of make films that are actually about yeah. something. And I think that's what's great. When you can be a studio director, but also make everything you do about shit too. Yeah. I mean, it's 
it, it, that's the great thing about horror because horror can tackle almost anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Horror can tackle loss. Horror can tackle fear. And there's a spider crawling along in my microphone here. You just see. But um, they could tech, an, tackle anything like that. And it's like crazy that they can do it. And because I, I've talked about it before, but like it's an expectation thing. It's like that lack of expectation for horror because people are like, oh, it's just horror. And it gives them that world to like do things in like Jordan Peele is doing all these really like, you know, like like statement films about our society and stuff like that. And what Flanagan's doing is just like it's such a resurgence of like what horror means. I mean, even like. Lee uh, Lee Parnell and what he's doing with like things like Upgrade, right? And Invisible Man, like all these kind of, I mean, they're technology awareness movies. Like, and when you do all that and you do all this stuff about making statements about this stuff and, and, and pointing out what could go wrong or what is wrong and you just do it in a horror movie, you can, you could sit there and like be really entertained and then walk out and go, fuck and just think about that stuff because that that means like leaves a mark and it leaves like i mean go back to like you go back to like a night of the living dead right and what and what other stuff romero was doing and the romero was like you could talk about punk rock horror directors mm-hmm. romero was completely like that in, in like doing night of the living dead and and then going in and dawn of the dead is like one of the most like anti-consumerism movies of all time, right? And making these social commentaries inside these horror movies that you, you might not notice right away. Uh, But again, because it's horror and because of where you're doing and what kind of settings and you can do anything with it. Right. Like this is the kind of like pieces of art that like mean a lot to society. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think it's the genre where you can, tackle really important things and yeah. people could it's also the the genre that you could you could tackle very important things and and big statements and big feelings that you have about things but yeah. people could also just experience them on the surface and be entertained yeah. but if you're looking for yeah. something really rich and meaty like uh, that yeah. i love that where it's like you get these oscar baiting movies from like just dramas and shit and you, yeah. you can enjoy those you can enjoy yeah. this without feeling either guilty or like shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah. horror. Horror. If you don't want to think about like, dude, I could watch Daniel wasn't real on on yeah. a, a bad day where I don't feel like thinking about things and be like, man, I love that yeah. movie. Or I could watch it yeah. on a day where I'm like, I really like to think about a movie that makes me think about my own bad mental health. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, horror yeah. is the one genre that allows you to do that. Yeah. And because yeah, because it's it can be horror comedy, it could be horror drama, it could be, it could be, it could be horror bull. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, my my buddy was uh, who used to be a uh, editor at Collider. Uh, he was just going through uh, the, over the last week. He watched all of the Friday the Thirteenth movies, or maybe he stopped at he didn't watch the reboot in the Freddy versus Jason, but he, I kept getting messages from him during them. And he's like, like comments for someone who hasn't seen the movies in years. And I'm just giggling at him. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm like, and he's like, I'm watching five. I'm like, eh, it's made by a porno director. Just be wary. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, Friday the 13th is a perfect example of movies that don't have much to say other than they're, they're entertaining films. But yeah, there it's so much. And the thing is, is so that there's possible. nothing wrong with that. And I, I think, yeah. I think so many people don't get that, that every movie has yeah. to be either the best or worst. And some movies are yeah. just fun to watch. 
I've not yeah, learned exactly. a single thing about what it is to be a human being <laughs> from any Friday the 13th film, but yep. bet your ass that I will watch every fucking one of them, even the ones I don't yep. like if they're on TV. Yep, exactly, man. It's like, it's why I have like lying around me, like b- behind my monitors and around my room. I probably have three copies of most of the Friday the 13th. It's like, I, I'm just waiting for uh, my wife to like put the gauntlet down and be like, listen, no more no copies more. of Halloween movies. Yeah. Cause I just, yeah. I just got the four K's of the first five. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, how many copies of these movies do I need? I, all of them. I, that's I like. Uh, last year I rebought myself for Christmas and had my wife give it to me that the, the, the Friday collection they put oh, out. Oh yeah. Um, because it's one of the only ones I, I didn't own nine or 10 because mm-hmm. they're the ones where they went over to new line and it was like, I hadn't seen Jason go to hell goes to hell. And like it, in a really, really long time, if I had, I, I might not have ever seen it. Like that's one. Don't of you regret that decision now? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> kind of, yeah. But, uh, uh, but like, yeah, it's it's all this shit where these big old sit, like uh, these uh, franchises have like they changed uh, like production companies every other film, and it makes yeah. like putting all of them together just a giant pain in the the ass, right? And, and now it's like that's how you get into the thing where you're like, we got the child's play shows coming out here pretty soon, and then like they're could possibly but they don't own the term chucky which is why like the the chucky movie that came out a couple years ago was called chucky and but then it wasn't a demonic serial killer it was a over like all that shit like it's production we we talked about uh the the whole uh silly friday uh lawsuit last week and so all that stuff is like this stuff gets so complicated after a while, right? And it doesn't need to be. Like, the Friday stuff especially. Like, did we really need over a decade of two old guys bickering over a movie where a guy wearing a, a hockey mask kills horny teenagers? No. Do you know how many no, fucking no. sequels we could have had by now? Yeah. You could have – I mean, and how many sequels – you go look at how many sequels were started in, like – like go one into production all the way up until the LeBron James one a couple years ago. Right. Um, that you're like, I don't, uh, yeah, there could have been like, so many sequels by now that they would have gotten so bad yeah. that they would have let me do the music to one of them. At least <laughs> that's what I'm pissed about. Like, I don't care if Halloween kills or Halloween ends does well. I care about yeah. the reboot after that, that I'm going to be trying yeah. so hard to do the music for. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna. And you know it's gonna happen because Halloween Kills co- or ends comes out next year. Well, before 2030, we'll get another one. I mean, there's no way we don't like the the so much money and all that stuff. Well, and, that and yeah. because the Halloween Halloween ha- Halloween ends and Halloween Kills is kind of a contained trilogy. Uh, like, yeah, I I think that there's no way that they're not gonna we're not gonna get another reboot. Like, this yeah. it, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh no, we could keep the series going on forever. No, Halloween yeah. ends is the end of this particular storyline. So yeah. we'll we'll get another one. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's gonna be you have to like all these oh, dude. You the only movie that hasn't. I mean, Nightmare's been a while too, but like the all these movies have been doing something over the last couple of decades, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it, it's just gonna you keep everything. Even Leprechaun, Leprechaun got the Sci-Fi Channel one a couple of years ago. 
I, I, last year, I think it was last year or maybe early this year, I started watching through all those movies and I was having, <laughs> I was having real fun until uh, the leprechaun went into space and that CG I was like, nope. Can't was do that it. before or after no. the leprechaun went to the hood? That was before. Okay. Leprechaun f- four was the in space and then five is when he goes to the hood with ice tea. <laughs> so yeah. Or back to the hood. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. Okay. This yeah, I I can't suggest this movie enough though. Like this movie is so much fun. I it just it shows early. This might have been the first Mike Flanagan thing I actually watched. I think, and then like before Haunting of Hill House came out, um, and then I went and watched uh, uh, the other one, Oculus, which is I still think a completely underrated movie. Um, and a random movie that was produced by WWE. Yeah. Did they produce that one? I think so. Man, they did some weird horror movies back in the like because they did See No Evil with yeah. Kane, who's now who's now the the mayor of some town in Tennessee, which is yeah. I just looked it up. Crazy. WWE was one of the producers of Oculus. Uh, that's why there's sports entertainment, Jerry. There's sports <laughs> entertainment. And, yep. Oh. Man, man, that Vince Vince McMahon's erection, a raging hard on for giant beefy men, is is very impressive. Very. They very should have done the promotional so. shit that WWE does to, to tie into different movies, but instead of David yeah. Arquette, instead of David Arquette win the belt this time, it could be like Mike Flanagan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that movie is a man. Can, one thing, Mike, you don't have to do this all the time. But can you make one happy ending? Just 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 one dime. Is it possible? Right. I, is it possible that you give us one happy ending, Mike Flanagan? Just one. Because I don't think it is. He's never done has he ever done a happy ending? I well, I, I think, I think so. it depends on what you consider happy. I don't I don't <laughs> think so, but I, I think maybe the director's yeah. cut of Doctor Sleep maybe because yeah. Danny's still dead, but then the little girl's alive and happy, so I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. You, you, how much you've like raved about that? Uh, I have to watch that. Track down the director's cut of that and see it. So, uh, Mike, Mike, dude, I've tried to show my wife The Shining two or three times now because she's never seen it, and every single time because that movie is eight hours long, we get distracted by something else in the middle of it, like something comes up in real life, and yeah, so. After we, I finally get her to watch it, I'm gonna have to uh, go adventure and and find the director's cut of that. So I think that spider's looking for the director's cut. Yeah, I know, man. I, you guys, I have a mic arm sitting here, and there's a spider hanging out on my <laughs> mic arm, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck, but he's pretty entertaining. He's real white, like bright white, so you can it's easy to track him in my <laughs> super bright LED lights. Okay, yeah, this movie's awesome. I mean, you agree, right, Jerry? Yeah, I love it. Huge fan. Yeah, it's okay. We decided Jerry picked out a movie uh, for after I get back to Cali from Cali uh, next weekend. Uh, we're going to watch. What was, what's the movie we're watching next week? It is 1990s The First Power. It is a first great power. movie. Lou Diamond Phillips plays a detective going after a satanic serial killer who ends up being able to possess homeless people's bodies. I love that man. I that also sounds like a. It also kind of has a shocker vibe. We were talking about that yeah. shocker in uh, Fallen uh, uh, with a uh, Denzel War. Uh, Denzel, 
I just said Denzel Ward. Dude, Denzel that Ward is, is a such player a player for the Browns. Uh, dude, that sounds like a badass <laughs> warrior name right there. Uh, if I ever have another kid, uh, I'm just going to name him Denzel Ward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Denzel Washington and uh, and John Goodman, man. Uh, I saw John Goodman on that, the, the whatever that show is called now that Roseanne used to be on before she was stupid. <laughs> And that motherfucker looks skinny as shit these days, man. I've lost. See, I always want to be happy for him, but then I'll be really happy for him. And then a year later, I'll see him and he's like way different. It's like, I don't want to be super happy if, you know, he's going to gain it back. Yeah. Because I don't know which which version of himself he likes the best. Yeah. Well, that's like super bad. Uh, Jonah, what's his name? Jonah Hill. Yeah. That motherfucker, you'll see him and he weighs... 120 pounds and then the next time you see him he's 430 you're like what the fuck is this dude doing and dude so, i'm not body shaming whatsoever if he if anyone no, wants to be 430 that's fine but like <laughs> yeah. just consistency is all i'm asking for yeah it's 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 really weird it's like i'm not either it's just like that the yeah. yo-yoing it's like fucking uh jared leto who decided to gain all that weight for that movie about the dude who killed uh uh, the dude from the Beatles. I always and, uh, love it when that happens. They gain all these, all this weight for movies that end up being steaming piles of shit that no one watches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like a who's the other one that like. Oh, I, I always think of a uh, Christian Bale and uh, the Machinist. That dude or Tom is, Hardy, man. Yeah, Tom Hardy does that shit too, man. Those crazy motherfuckers, man. Every time someone has to work with one of those guys while they're being crazy, the the method actors, and you're just like, I'm glad you guys are really good at this, but how do they do uh, it? How does Christian Bell go from the machinist to Batman Begins next? Like directly after that. I've been trying to lose like quarantine weight for a fucking year and I can't do that. But dude, because you're not a multi-million dollar uh, multi-millionaire with professional trader uh, trainers and like cooks, dude. That's why you get all that shit. And it, it, I'm not saying it's easy, <laughs> but it's possible. Yeah, <laughs> that's my goal. Then. Okay, so, yeah, we're gonna do that next week. So that I'm, I'm excited for that. I've never seen it. Lou Diamond Phillips is dope, man. I really enjoy him uh, and most things that he does. So. Then there's a part oh. where the serial killer is wearing this creepy mask and. He's going after Lou Diamond Phillips, and the serial killer looks up, and there's a ceiling fan, and he rips it out of the ceiling, and with his powers, makes the blades turn and rocks towards Lou Diamond Phillips. It is such uh-huh. a fucking cool movie. And it that has, has so Bubba good. from Bu- uh, Forrest Gump as a cop. Nice, Bubba. I, I, I'll i never stop going, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> you got like I have... I really, 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 really like Forrest Gump, but I, I have a weird contempt for Forrest Gump because it won Best Picture over two of my favorite movies of all time, Shawshank and Ooh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, my God. So Fuck that year. That, right? Yeah. So that's why I've always been like, Forrest Gump, I fucking kind of hate you. I don't. You're really good, but. God that and like Shawshank didn't even make much money, which is weird because it's like one of the best movies ever. Yeah. Well, that. Well, now it now it gets money for the eight thousand times it plays on TBS yeah. and TNT every year. <laughs> that <laughs> m- movie makes so much movie money from uh from like you know like just distribution like replay rights right man mm-hmm. that movie gets played i think the only movie that gets played more is christmas story yeah and that's only because chris christmas story is on 24 7 for like three months straight so. yeah yeah 
Uh, okay, man. Well, dude, I, I have a blast talking about this. I knew we were going we were going to do this last week, but then when I finished Midnight Mass in time, I was like, Midnight Mass, it's like a good combo talking about these two, and I think talking about Midnight Mass first was better for both of us because we had just watched it all that and two vagrants kind of stabbed each other outside of my my (laughs) yeah we we were sitting there and i'm like we were gonna take an hour break we're like oh jerry ordered pizza and i went to get some food and i'm like i get i get i I get the halloween kills uh in real life uh, description on my timeline (laughs) there's like hobos stabbing each other there's fires there's cops i'm like yeah yeah I'm like, Jerry, what is happening in your life? Like, if it, if it's not your dad, like, disappearing to go to get donuts in the middle of the nowhere, it's, like, you getting hobo, like, hobo knife. Dude, it was 2 a.m. in the morning last night. My <laughs> wife and I were up, and we heard ambulances, and we were like, oh, great. What now? And so we checked, we checked, like, the local site to see what it was, and there was, like, a house that blew up and was on fire, like, maybe two blocks away from us. Uh, that's making meth is a dangerous, dangerous activity. Central Jerry. Valley. <laughs> okay. Well, Jerry, you want to plug your stuff? I mean, it's just, you just usually just do your Twitter, right? Jerry is just okay. Yeah. Jerry is just okay on Twitter. Uh, I have a new EP coming out on Halloween called Spells. Uh, you can pre order that rainy days for ghost.bandcap.com. Uh, by the way, yeah. By the way, did you take those pictures of your wife because they're fucking dope? I did not. Uh, that was a, okay. that was a photographer that did that. I loved them so much that I was just like, "Hey, can I use one of those for the album cover?" Yeah, she was like, "Yeah, yeah. sure, <laughs> yeah." I was, I'm a fan. That's really cool. I think yeah, I'm more of a fan of the lo- ones that I couldn't post. <laughs> I mean, I, that would probably be something that I. I mean, yeah. That, we're, we know we both know where that went. Or I, I I'm just <laughs> guessing, but you know, my brain is a fucked up place. So That's all right. I'm, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. I'd be really stoked if anyone checked that out. There's two songs yeah, you dude, can I, look up already. Dude, I will be purchasing that when it comes out. So yeah. support my dude Jerry. So, um, and everything with us, MurderMoose.com. We hit a thousand downloads recently, which is fucking dope. It took a while, but it we got there, and it's just slow and steady. Um. And uh, we have our Twitter, Murder Moose Pod, and we have a Discord, which you can find a link to on the uh, on the Twitter. So, and I'm Rod underscore Johnston on Twitch and Twitter and everywhere else. So, thanks for listening, guys, and we will catch you guys later. Bye.